Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law. The personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 247, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that today. I know this because Jacques jumps on and says, oh, do I have a funny story for you? And he wouldn't tell me until we started recording, so you're going to tell us that story in a moment. There's some other things that we are going to get into. But we want to start it off by telling you about our friends, the attorneys. They're working for me, and they will work for you. Trust me. I actually have a call when we get done recording coming up in about an hour with the attorneys at Greening Law because we have finally reached a point in my case where it's time to start working on the next steps, believe it or not. I mean, I'm telling you, people, I got in a car accident 10 months ago. 10 months ago, and they've been working behind the scenes, putting these things together. You know, they say, hey, Matt, need you to go here, do this. I'm like, cool, I do it. And they take care of all that other stuff on the other side. And they've been grinding for me for the last 10 months, man. They truly have been my fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. They'll do that for you as well. That, to me, is the best thing. You know, they don't collect any fees. Uh, You don't pay them a nickel or a dime, a penny, nothing until they get the case for you in your favor and they come away with something. So they don't get paid unless you get paid. And to me, that's a that's a great incentive. Eat what you kill. And so you never have to wonder, like, it's a big company. Are they really working for me? Where am I on the priority list? You are number one on the priority list because they don't get paid unless you get paid. It doesn't cost them any cost you anything to pick up the phone and say, here's my situation. What do you guys think? If they think you've got a case, they'll accept you. And if not, they'll say, hey, good luck, um, you know. I hope it works out for you. Exactly. And as you mentioned, that consultation is free. The initial call, if you think you've got a case, if you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractices, whatever it may be, you give them a call. They'll ask you a couple of questions and they'll decide whether or not if you do have a case or not, they will let you know. So you can give them a call. It's free. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call them now. Offices dallas texas all right so here we are and the dallas Mavericks season is over i don't think it's a a surprise to anybody it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody they lose to the warriors in five it was a game that for a moment at the end of the third quarter i think some of us started to think like okay all right maybe there's a shot here 
And it was only for a moment because it was very obvious quickly into the fourth it wasn't going to happen. And for the entire first half, the Mavs got their ass kicked, much like they did for the entirety of the series outside truly from one game in game four when the Mavs just refused to die at home. Yeah, I think, um, you know, man, I think I think first and foremost, you look back and go, yeah, it was a great season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you also look back and go, you know, the series was probably lost in game two when they blew a 19-point lead. But, you know, tonight, even when it got interesting in the third quarter, I just – I wasn't at a point where I believed today because, um, to me, the, the you know, defensively, they just couldn't get it done. And um, even though they came back after that 41-point second quarter, you know, when Clay is hitting all those threes, man, and, and the other yeah. thing is – they just weren't forcing enough turnovers. You know, the Warriors given turn the ball over 17 times a game during the regular season. They only had 10 tonight. Um, and so there just weren't enough possessions for the Mavericks to do their thing. And then without the turnovers, the Warriors had way too many possessions. And they shot. I mean, you're not going to win in a situation like this when the other team shoots 51%, bro. You just have to play better defense. Yeah, and the reality of it is, and this was this was a problem in every single game <laughs> rebound yes except for game four they got their ass destroyed on the boards tonight 51 to 34 they were out rebounded in the offensive boards 14 to 6 and when that happens to you I mean in the fourth quarter there are multiple opportunities where they got a stop on the initial shot and then Golden State got a second shot and then Golden State got a third shot and you're sitting there going guys you like jump like get a <laughs> go after the ball and they just don't they don't have anybody Outside of Luca, Luca. outside of Luca, who again led the team in rebounding with nine, you know, Kleba had eight, but I mean, my God, when you've got a guy on the other team, Wiggins had 10, Looney had 18. They have nobody outside of Luca who can even sniff consistently getting double digit rebounds. Nah, bro. And I mean, not even come close, really. Uh, Lucas, by I mean, we kind of take Lucas rebounding for granted. We really do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know he, but you know even Luca. Well, let me put it like this: when, when you looked at the game today, and I'm not breaking any news here, man. If, if you really looked at it, um, it was about you know playing defense and it's about your three point differential whether they could shoot enough threes to really make up for what they lack in the in the mid-range game that even Golden State has, much like Phoenix did. And it was about the turnovers, man, and, and rebounding. And they pretty much lost all those battles. They won the three-pointers. They made 18 of them. They shot 40%, which is fine. But then not when uh, I think uh, Golden State made 15. So there just wasn't enough differential there. And Clay Thompson shows up with his big game, made a bunch of threes, I think eight of them. It's tough to win like that. Warriors showed. I mean, this is their sixth trip to the finals in eight years. This is a legitimate NBA dynasty. And if uh, they win one this year, bro, four out of eight, eh, it's not. That's not four a lot out of six, about, dude. I mean, six yeah. six finals in eight years. So that's what you're talking what about. I mean. Four out of eight yeah. years, but you know, this is their sixth trip to the finals in the last eight years. Obviously. It's kind of weird because they went five years in a row or whatever it was, and they won three out of those five. The last time they were in was that loss to the Raptors in 2019. 
And then, of course, they didn't go the, the previous two seasons, and now they're back at it. it it's, it's another shot for Curry to get a fourth ring, for Kerr, for Thompson, for Green. We knew going into this series the championship medal that they have and the experience they have. This was not Phoenix. This, nah, bro. I, I didn't, when they got down two games to none, like you pointed out, losing that second game when you couldn't split, when it was two games to none, I was like, man, you're not winning four of the next five against Golden State. This is not Phoenix. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And, and Golden State saw the opportunity at home. They're like, we're not getting back on the plane to go back to Dallas. No, no, nah, it's over yeah. tonight. No, they were, what were they up? They were up nine to two and fourteen to five. And I mean, hell, at one just... point it was like twenty five. I think I think he got to twenty five at one point before the Mavs started chiseling it away in the third quarter. Yeah, and to me that was it was just too big, bro. Yeah, it I was mean, for it to was. win. Even though they were only down, I think seven at the end of the first quarter, they needed to be tied or ahead in the first quarter uh, because you knew the emotional rush that they were going to come out with. So you had to. Rick Carlisle would say he had to meet that force. And man, it was going to be hard to do, but they just couldn't do it, bro. They, they couldn't do it. And Luca, I mean, I saw Coop put this up on his Twitter, and I think a lot of people would agree that first half from Luca might be the worst half of basketball we've ever seen Luca play. Uh, pretty much. He I was, mean, I, what was he, three of 15, I believe, from the field. He had six points in the first half. And then he came back out in the third quarter, had 15 points to pull the Mavs back in it. But still, and again, this is something with Luka, 28 points, awesome, on 28 shots tonight. That's not enough, man. You can't. And that's how you know Andrew Wiggins made him work. That's how the Warriors, you know the Warriors made him work. And that's all you can do because he's too good not to get his. But 28 points on 28 shots, he's way more efficient than that. Yeah, and, and, and you look at it like Dinwiddie had himself a game. He had 26 points on 12 shots. He was hitting them. He was doing everything. And then in, in the fourth quarter, and this is going to be something that the Mavs have to figure out as they move forward, it's a learning experience. Nobody thought the Mavs were going to win this series. Nobody thought the Mavs were going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And, nope. and I was just overlooked that. Now. Yeah, man, I'm sitting there watching. I was like, you know what? Cool. This is a learning experience against a team for the Mavs to learn. This is what it takes to be a champion for Luca to learn. You want to overcome this hurdle. You've got to be in better shape. You've got to figure out what it takes so that your body in the Western Conference Finals doesn't quit on you in the fourth quarter of a game you got to have. Because in the fourth quarter tonight, it looked like Luca just had nothing left. No, no. He's, uh, you know, he's... Uh... He's been carrying a heavy load on this team. He's going to continue to carry a heavy load for two reasons. One, it's hard to get a guy who's going to be good enough to split the load with him. And two, I don't know if you can find a guy who can split the load to him because he's such a ball-dominant player. It's not a criticism, just what it is right now. And so he's going to have to carry the load. And, um, you know, I think – I haven't seen anything that tells me he doesn't really want to pay the price to be a champion. Right. And so I think he'll look at this season, and I would be surprised, I really would be, if he didn't show up at training camp next year in tremendous shape and have everybody, you know, one of those, everybody doing those stories about, hey, what was your offseason like? Yeah. What was your diet like? What, what have you done? Because it's, not a, it's, it's really about just leaning up and showing up about 15 pounds lighter, maybe at 230 or 225, um, and then come in ready to dominate from day one. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it takes a while to understand what does it take for my body to be what it needs to be where I can hit, instead of taking 28 shots for 28 points, I can have a Dinwiddie game, but I can do it more consistently. 
you know, it's tough. We well, let's keep in mind, yeah, and and the reality of it is, Luca just made his third first team All NBA. Luca is one of the best players in the NBA right now. He's 23 years old. Steph didn't even make the playoffs till he was 24, won his first title at 26. It takes some time to learn how to win at that level. And I think this is a wonderful experience because I think this is really going to sting Luca. Because I think he's looking at this and he learns and he goes, man, I'm not what those guys are, but I can be. And now I got to set out to figure out how to become that. I think, um, and I think there's every reason to believe he'll do that. Um, but I think the organization, and Stan Van Gundy made a great point at the end of the game, is this is just the beginning. And I'm paraphrasing here, but you don't get to start in the Western Conference Finals next year. You got to start back at 0-0. Yeah. You got to you know go through the drudgery of the regular season. You got to win 55, 57 games. You got to get home court. You know, hopefully you get a two or a three seed. Maybe you know I don't think they're good enough to get a one, but we don't know all the you know how the league's going to transpire in the off season. But the West is going to be tough. The NBA is going to be tough, man. And the games that they gave away to the Knicks, to the Wizards, you know, yeah. that resulted in them getting to the fourth seed. Dude, you got to win those next year. And, um, you know, man, check this out. Your organization can't do what the Cowboys do and go, well, we had a great year. Let's just run it back. <laughs> you got to go. How can we get better? Well, I don't, I don't think anybody in the organization can sit there and look at what we saw and think that this team can do it. Luca took them somewhere where they weren't supposed to go this season. But like I said, I, I don't think you can compete with the top four teams in the NBA if you don't have somebody that can consistently rebound the ball, that can consistently protect the rim better than anybody they've got right now. The reality of it is Luca is the only Mavs player in five games in this series that had double-digit rebounds at any point. The other high, I think Finney Smith had eight in one game and then Kleba had eight tonight. You, you have got to find somebody else who can be a presence in the paint defensively that can stop people from standing down there and just cherry-picking rebounds and driving it to the rim. They played really good defense for the most part. Porzingis was kind of that rim protector, and I'd rather have Dinwiddie. I think that that's, we've, we've seen that you now have a guy who can come off the bench and in any given night give you 20, 30 points off the bench creating his own shot. If they can keep him, Brunson, and Luka, now to me it's almost like is there a, I don't know if it's Gobert who's going to be probably moved from Utah. Is there a way to bring him in? But somebody who can play that, like like defense in the paint and grab some rebounds even if he doesn't do anything offensively. No, I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, that's what Draymond Green gives to a Golden State. Yeah, yeah very you true. Know, he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything offensively for the most part. He will drop in a timely bucket here and there, but his his game is about offense, assist, and rebounding and defense. And so, yeah, but those guys are hard to find. Rudy Gobert would be great. What's the price to acquire Rudy Gobert? You know, that's and that's that's where all those questions come into into point. I'd love to see uh, the core back, but you know, you got to improve. You got to take a shot. And you got to go try to win now. There's no five-year plan. Yeah, the, this is a stepping stone. But, you know, Hawks and uh, Trey made a nice little run last year, got to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was not repeated this year. Yeah. Uh, expectations will come with next season, and people will start nitpicking. Well, you only won by 12. You suck. Uh, you know, Luca only scored 32. Uh, he's getting comfortable. 
next year is the first year to me that there's real expectations for the Mavericks, and that requires a whole different mindset. Yeah, and to me, again, a lot of it has to do with what do they do in the offseason because I don't care. Like, if they just bring back this team, and, and it's not going to be the same, but if this is the core or if Brunson goes, what are they doing to replace him? How are they moving some things around? Because my expectation now is you you should be consistently where you're competing for a spot in the in the conference finals. But the construction of this team, unless you've got somebody and there's a couple of pieces they need, unless they can find those guys, I, I don't know that you can expect without Luka just going berserk, I, I don't know how you get to the next level. They, they've got some major changes they need to make. Yeah, and I think that's what Nico is here for, the GM. You all right that's there? That's what Jay... Yeah, <laughs> took a little air in, bro. I know. I was like, time. "Good lord, dude, are you coming back? Everything okay?" <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, they got new management, so this is this is not a team that's comfortable with where they're at, or or an organization that's comfortable where they're at. This is only the first year for this group, so to me, they'll be aggressive in trying to improve the team and doing everything it takes. They got Nico here because of his relationship with Nike, which meant he had a relationship with all these players. And again, they don't have to be stars, but they got to be really good players. And he should, you know, the the lure of playing with Luca, that's that's got to mean something, man. And uh, I can't wait to see what they do in the offseason. I think they'll be aggressive in trying to put something together. And I say that because they were aggressive in trading Porzingis. They could have kept Porzingis and had a nice little season, and nobody would have said anything. Instead, they traded him. They shook it up. They tried to go for it and win. And, uh, dude, I expect them to do the same thing in the offseason. Yeah, I would expect that they're aggressive. They're going to have to get creative. I mean, let's keep in mind, Tim Hardaway Jr., who knows what he could have offered. He's supposed to be, like, their number two. Obviously, if they want to keep Brunson around and make him the number two, and Dinwiddie, are you moving Hardaway? Is there a piece out there? Like, we're talking about, like, a Gobert-type guy or somebody of that mold that you move a, a Brunson or a Hardaway Jr. or somebody to bring in. To me, what the Mavs need, you know, we talk about that 2011 team a lot. You need a Tyson Chandler type guy. You know, you need a dude who can give you eight to 10 points a game, but was also putting up 10 boards every night and could sometimes pop out for for six, the, the loonies of the world that could get 15 to 18 rebounds. And you look at that team, man, and, and they were older, but all the guys knew their roles. And it's not like they had some like dynamic player outside of Dirk. But you had that rim protector who could grab boards in, in Tyson Chandler. You had the guy who could distribute in Jason Kidd. You had a couple of dudes who could kick out and make some key shots like Marion and Jason Terry and even Stojakovic off the bench. It feels like they've got a few of those guys, but they are missing They are missing the Tyson Chandler type presence. They really are. And I thought it was blatantly obvious in this series. No, that's a good way to put it, man. Um, and, you know, obviously that's what a guy like Rudy Gobert would be, a dominant defender. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter in, in one respect who you go get. You just have to go get that guy. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a matter who's out there, who's available. When we say creative, there could be some guys that they go get that we haven't even thought about. Like, oh, really? You, you managed to get him? Yeah, there's so, gonna there's like the Reggie Bullock of the world or Bullock. Like, somebody out there that's like that, that when they acquired him this past offseason, you look at it and go, okay, it's a 3 and D guy, but does that excite anybody? And then Reggie Bullock became kind of a key piece of what they were trying to do in the playoffs. No, I think you're exactly right there. It's, uh, it's going to be a wonderfully interesting offseason. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in the Mavs. I think Cuban will listen to Kid and Nico 
and do whatever is required to uh, to build, you know, continue building a t- contender. Because the reality is, if you don't, you know, the Luca, the Luca, you know, he may the not clock's be ticking. That's what I'm saying. That's, five, that's the really five year I'm extension saying. kicks in next year. Next year yeah. is the first year of the five year extension. You've shown him that you can do some things. You got a coach. You made that change. Now you've got to build on this, and and I think because again, guy, he'll he'll decide before you get to the end of the five years. You really need to take advantage of what you've got here in the next year or two to overcome the hurdle in the Western Conference to put him in the NBA Finals, I think, in the next two years. Otherwise, he might start looking around going, well, where can I go here in a couple of years or even before the end of my contract, force a trade, what have you, because I'm not re-signing here. Yeah, and, you know, he's already been all over the world. He's played with different teams, and so you can't assume he's going to take the Dirk route where, okay, yeah, I, I love the only place I've ever known. I'll stay here for 20 years. Um, now, it seems like it's early to be talking about this, but, dude, I would swear to you there's no way my dude just completed four years and graduated <laughs> because it don't it doesn't seem like that long. And the same thing with Luca. It doesn't seem like Dak has played in the league seven years already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, there he and, is. But there he is. But these professional athlete seasons fly by. Time waits for no man, no athlete, no franchise. And, uh, you know, the, the clock is ticking and uh, they got to get it done. The clock is ticking, man. And the Mavs season, the clock ran out on the 2021-2022 Mavs season. The most successful season, obviously, they've had since the 2011 championship run. A, a phenomenal year for Dallas, 52-30. and 30. They took down Utah in the first round and they didn't even have Luka for, what, the first three or four games or whatever it was. They overcome Utah. They then go and pull a rabbit out of a hat and beat the number one team in the NBA and the Phoenix Suns, including a blowout, colossal Game 7 road win. And then they just ran into too much experience in a team that that knows how to get it done. But all in all, man, what a season. I think Luka learned a lot about himself. Jason Kidd, obviously, is going to work. We, I mean, keep in mind, we didn't know if Jason Kidd was going to learn from what he had done previously. We got a lot of positive answers, I think, out of this season, even though, obviously, tonight didn't go the way most of us were hoping it would. I got nothing but crazy high positivity. I mean, I give this season a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 in this season. Oh, I think you have to, man. I think you have to. They're in the Western Conference Finals. There's not a single soul who predicted it. So, you know, it's been a fantastic year. So high five to Luca and everybody with the Mavs. Kick ass. It was entertaining as hell. And we very much appreciate you. But the real question, I think, at this point that you have to ask is, why are you always eating when we come on the podcast? (laughs) The reality is, when we do these late night podcasts, like... You say I'm eating, and I was eating. You were, had, yeah, at the beginning. I had a hand. I had a handful of cashews, just as a as a little energy boost. You need a little pick me up, uh, huh? Just to make sure, because you know I, I'm not making excuses. I'm, these are facts. I get up most days at four forty five to go to the gym, and so most nights I'm sleep by ten o'clock, or I'm on my way to sleep by ten o'clock. So the fact that we're up and I have to be lucid at ten forty nine. And this is an early night uh, for these games because it wasn't a nine o'clock start. Yeah, um, it's a little difficult for me sometimes, but I I I, I, uh, I labor through it, and usually I labor through it by trying to eat something right before I come on to give me just a little bit of a boost. And today, not 
you know, don't shake your head and go, well, yeah, dumbass. I said, <laughs> I said, perhaps I should do the show instead of the house being completely dark. Perhaps I should turn on one of these 100 watt lights and let it beam in my face. And that will uh, that will help keep me alert. And did it? Did it help you a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let the light shine down. So it works. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, awesome. So that's it. The Mav season is over. And now we'll continue the podcast with the stuff we recorded earlier this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great story. I think you guys are going to love the rest of it. All right. Before we take this trip around the block and get into the funny story that Jacques has for us, have you guys ordered your biltong yet? Because I've got, let's, man, I've almost finished the one bag. I've got another bag and then a bag after that from my late my latest order because i'll eat i mean i swear I, I have to remind myself like you can't just sit here and eat biltong all like you can't have a whole bag at once i mean i guess i could <laughs> but it's that good it, it's so tender it's savory it has zero sugar no artificial ingredients it's bruised biltong it's a traditional south african air-dried meat i try to remind myself because i get like the eight ounce bag so i try to eat like a fourth at a time so that I'm getting the 240 calories, the 30 grams of protein. I love it. It's a phenomenal afternoon snack. I love Brews Biltong. Dude, Brews rocks, man. Uh, me and Matt both work out. We both love it for the same reason. I mean, number one, it tastes good. I mean, you know, that's fundamental to is it good? Yeah, it tastes good. It's not like anything you've got in your mind for beef jerky because it's unlike anything you've ever tried. Trust me, I've tried a lot of different beef jerky. I actually like it, and this is better. No doubt, no question, no conversation is better because it's juicy and it's tender. But, you know, the 40 grams of protein, the 30 grams of protein is how I rock, 240 calories. I always get that mixed up, but that's how I rock. That's why I like it. It's a great snack, uh, especially if you're working out, man, because it's got no sugar, no fillers, no none of the bad stuff, no additives. If it ain't natural and God didn't put it there, it ain't going in your body if you eat biltong. That's right, man. It's bruised biltong. It's the way to go. You find them online. It's B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. We're the only podcast he's ever worked with. You guys have been great. Keep getting your bruised biltong. And don't forget, whether it's your first time ordering it and you finally want to try it or you've ordered it a bunch of times like me, use the promo code JAM15 at checkout and you get 15% off your order at bruisebiltong.com. Also, of course, JR and his guys at Freeway Tire Shop. We joke about how Jacques always seems to have a car over there. One, because JR does such high-quality work. Two, you went through the list of cars that you have the other day. <laughs> and the reality of it is, man, in life, we all know this. Every three months, usually, you need an oil change. You need a tire rotation. Right. Something happens. You ran over something. You weren't paying attention, and you hit a curb. And JR's like, ah, you did it again, did you? <laughs> that's about it man and you know when i talk about my cars man you know they include my kids car but if, if as i rattled off the names to you the other day matt you saw they were they were all vintage that's true the yeah. young the youngest one i think is 2013 or 2012 so they're all 10 years old so they're all in varying states of repair uh that's because i have a hard time getting rid of cars once i buy them and, and they're all paid off but i that's why jr to me is like the greatest blessing man because i can keep these cars and I know exactly what I'm getting into them. I don't have to worry about whether the mechanic is trying to rip me off. No matter what I need, as a matter to tell you, oil change, tires, new engine, inspection, it does not matter. Uh, JR and his crew can take care of anything. Remind y'all, I got everything from a Ford to a Cadillac to a Porsche to a Jag. So they can fix all makes of cars. Take your car over there and have peace of mind. 
just north of downtown Dallas, right off of 35. The best experience you will ever have at a mechanic shop. JR will get you taken care of. Freeway Tire Shop. You can find them online. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote at freewaytireshop.com. Funny story time, huh? I mean, because you told me, you were like, oh, I got a funny story for you. You know what? Wait till we start recording and, and we'll get on there and then I'll tell you about it. So okay, what is Well, let me tell you. Okay, this involves the JJT Media Group and a high-profile client who, if I told you his name, you'd all know him, who did not want to pay your boy. Really? Dude, this is a... Dude, you, you got to hear this story. So, again, this is a high-profile person, somebody who used to play for your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my. Back in the day. It's not a current player. It's oh back my. in the day. Troy Aikman. Now, we're not, in, we're not taking guesses. Okay, but we'll just assume Troy Aikman since we're not <laughs> guessing. Um, so, this, this person calls me up several months ago and says, hey, I think I'd like to write a book. Have you done that? Well, yeah, I've done that. What's the process? So I explained the process to him. I said, basically what you need to do is we need to write a sample chapter, get it done, and then um, send it. Uh, I've got a guy I work with um, who's done 10 books. I said, I send it to him. I send it to him. We meet with him. He sends it to publishers. Publishers tell him they like, they don't like, they're interested, they're not interested, mm -hmm. and then we go from there. So, okay, so I agree to write a sample chapter. We agree on a rate. Um, I'll tell you how to rate, $1,200. Wow, for one uh, chapter, that's nuts. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, if you can get it, like, that, that's the thing. Like, God, I want to no. write a book for somebody. Well, I mean, it was a sample chapter, but it was also 3,000 words. Okay, so um, then, so Emmett is telling you all these stories. <laughs> See, you're going to get people in trouble. <laughs> so, that's what the rate is. That's what we agree to. And you know what he says? He says, hey, man, before we get started on anything, because I've had some issues in the past, um, let's just put something down on paper, send it to me, and I'll sign it, and then we'll all be on the same page. I okay. said, hey, great idea. I got no problem with that. So I do it. Uh, he agrees to it. Everything's fine. I send it on JJT Media Group letterhead, Matt. Wow. This is all formal. Yeah, okay. we got a letterhead, dog. Fancy. This is all formal. We ain't no fly-by-night company, dog. I like it. No. I mean, we're a real company. Got EIN number and everything, man. Bank accounts, you know. So, uh, so we do the interview. I, I write the chapter. It takes me about three days, you know, over the course of three days to write it. Um, I send it to my, you know, again, man, I, this is real business, man. I have an editor that I hire to look at my work. So before I send it to some places to yeah. make sure that I don't have typos because you only get one chance to make a first impression to some people yeah, or, or some clients. And so I have an editor who I have hired to, to uh, read my stuff. So I send it to her. She sends it back with a couple questions. I send it back. I go, what do you think? She goes, I got to tell you, I'm not just telling you this. This is really, really, really good. I love it. I said, okay, great. I send it to uh, this person. This person reads it and says, wow, I think this is really good. This is in March, Matt. Then this person says, I want my wife to read it. And I'm like, okay. And uh, so the wife read it over the weekend. I got a text message on a Monday morning 
She loved it. Now, this to me was interesting verbiage. I mean, it was interesting verbiage from from the moment I saw it. And it said, I will pay your invoice. Now, it was only interesting because I was like, yeah, dog, you was going to pay it regardless. Like, not because your wife loved it, you're going to pay it. But you gonna, that was just, now, I never said anything, but that was just my thought. So a week goes by. And because um, at one point he offered, before we really got started, he said, I can pay you all of it now or I can pay you half and half. I said, no, you just pay me when it's done. It's all good. Mm. I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. So it's okay. And so the chapter's done. A week goes by. And I say, hey, um, you know, I sent the invoice. You get it? Yeah, I'll take care of it. Okay. Two weeks goes by. Hey, just checking, you know, can we take care of the invoice? It's because I remember typing this. It's the end of March. I'm closing the books and I'd like to get it all straightened by this by the time we get into April. Yeah. OK, that that doesn't work. Uh, I send him another one. Hey, bro, can we this is after like another week. Hey, bro, can we take care of the invoice? Da 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 da. da. Hey, my father in law has been really sick. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get to it. I haven't forgot you. I'll get to it. And his, his father-in-law really was sick. Um, you know, I found out from some other people because I yeah. did do a little bit of checking. Yeah, because you're like, all right, and, this uh, dude, okay. Now, again, I'm being, again, because I know this person, I'm being cool because this is just me, Matt. Tell me what you think. You're not telling your mortgage company that your father-in-law is sick, and so you're not going to pay your mortgage this month. Or you're not telling Sprint that yeah. your father-in-law is sick, so you're not paying your cell phone bill. Very true. And so on and so forth and so forth. But again, I've known this person. So we play this cat and mouse game, bro. And then, because um, I wrote these dates down. March 21st, March 23rd, April 4th, April 25th, May 6th. All times he promised to pay and didn't for whatever reason. Wow. And then last week, Matt. I believe it was Friday. I got mad. Because it's been two months now. Jeez. <laughs> and so I called. Because I had been texting. Because again, I've known this person for a long time. We've got a good relationship. And so I've given him the benefit of the doubt. So I called him. And I said, hey, what's the, what's the deal, man? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I got, I, I, you know, I got a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm doing this house. I'm redoing my house and it's cost more than I thought. Some things are going down that we didn't expect, but I've got you. I'll pay you by the end of the weekend. Cause he said, I'll, no, he said, I'll pay you. When? By the end of the weekend. I said, okay. I'm cool. I'll hold you to that. Well, Monday was my dude's graduation. So I didn't really think about it. Tuesday afternoon, I thought about it and I said, I don't see anything where he's paid this invoice yet. Because we take all major credit cards, Matt. Yeah. In addition to all cash, cash app, whatever cash app you got, we accept them. And so yesterday, Matt, I came home from the gym and I just looked in the mirror and I was like, it has literally been two months. And I said to myself, self, I'm getting my bleeping money today. And so I sent him a text, <clears throat> and the text was, 
hey, bro, you said you were going to pay me by the end of the weekend. Wow. It's now Tuesday. And I sent it. Guess what I got back, Matt? Uh. I got green, green ink back. You know what that means? He blocked me, Matt. What? He blocked me. He blocked me. I sent another one just to make sure he had blocked me. And then I called and I went straight to voicemail, which is what happens when you've been blocked. So I had a friend of mine I was having some breakfast with. So I said, hey, let me use your phone. And uh, they let me use it. Yeah. And so I called from that number. (laughs) And here's how the conversation went. Oh, my God. Hello? All of a sudden, it picked up on the other end. Hello? I said, hey, this is Jacques. Hello? Hey, this is Jacques. I'm sorry, I can't understand. This is Jean-Jacques Taylor, the guy who wrote the chapter in your book. No, I can't. I can't understand you. Hello? Hello? I said, You're since you kidding can't understand me. Dog, I promise you. I said, I said it just like this. Since you can't understand me, check the fucking internet in 10 minutes. And I hung up. Wow. So guess what happened, Matt? Oh, I imagine he paid pretty quick. No, no, my phone he started blowing up. What? Oh, oh I thought you God. didn't know who it was. Oh my God, this is awesome. So my phone started blowing up, and my friend said, "You should just let us. You should let him sit, the way he's let you sit." And I said, "You think?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "All right." So I let it go to voicemail. He called me five times in five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> wow! I picked up the phone. Oh my God. When he called and he said, um, I'm going to send you, I'm going to read you this text, Matt. No, oh, this is gold. And uh, he picked up the phone and I said something to the effect of, do you have my money? And he said, he started talking. I hung up on him uh, because I didn't want to hear anything. And then I sent him a text. And this text said, this text said, I said, don't call me. <laughs> nice. And then he said, send me your Venmo. Appreciate you understanding. Wow. And I sent back, nah, fuck that. And he said, okay, send me your address and I'll mail a check. No need to get nasty about it. So then I said this, I'm only interested in Zell, bro. I don't trust you. A man has his balls in his words and so far your words aren't worth shit. So you can Zell me mine. All right. Like I said, I've been more than lenient than what it is. I mean, really? This is insane. So, dude. You know what he did then? He sent me a thousand. What? So I, I look at it and it shows up and I send him a text back. I said, dude, in all caps, send me the rest of my fucking money. Stop calling me. I'm not interested in no talking. You only sent ten. You only sent a thousand. Stop playing with me, dude. Stop playing stupid, bro. Wow. And then he says, the daily limit is a thousand. Do you have a Venmo? If not, I'll send it tomorrow. Oh, it gets better, man. So I sent it, okay? <laughs> and he finally pays it. This is insane. Finally pays it, and then he says, take care and good luck to you. And I sent back, punk ass, nice doing business with you. Now, you would think that would be the end of the story. Now, a quick There's answer, more man. to this? Yeah, because he reminds me. This is amazing. My grandson does this. My grandson is really a great kid, but he's seven, so he does stupid stuff that gets him in trouble here and there. Anytime he gets in trouble, mind you, he did something to get in trouble. He gets disciplined, whether it's a 
quick swat, not a spanking, but just a, hey, come on, man, stop that. Or a stern talking to, he's mad at you. And I'm like, E, why are you mad at me? You did that. Yeah. So this is how I feel like this is. Like, you acting like you the one been wronged and you ain't paid me in two months. And I've been more than nice. I've been lenient. I've been polite. I've been all this stuff. But it comes a time, like, I'm a grown-ass man, dog. Give me my fucking money. This is how I pay my bills. This is how I take care of my kids, my family, all that stuff. This is not a side hustle. Yeah. This is my job. And I told him all of this at one point. Um, so, last night, my friend hits me up and says, guess who sent me a text? <laughs> oh, I left, off, I left off a key part of this story. But... You know what? I can't say that key part of the story because it would tell you who it was. It'd give it away, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you off the air. Okay. And you'll start and you'll start laughing. I mean, we may have to take a short break because you'll you'll be laughing so hard when I tell you this part off the air <laughs> that you will need a moment to recover. That's real talk. And I'll send you a twenty dollar gift certificate if you don't if you don't say you know what you're right. I need just a second to recover. God, is that bad? This is unbelievable. This is so, like a high last, school story. <laughs> Dude, exactly. So last night, my boy calls and says, guess who just sent me a text? And I go, not so-and-so. He goes, yes, I'm going to screenshot it to you. You know what this person did, man? This person took the text that I, that I sent Um. Like most people, he apparently has two phones or whatever. He grabbed his wife's phone, created another account so he could create some new text and basically tried to merge text together to create a new text thread to to send. Because he didn't know who this other person was that I called from on the phone. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out if it's me or somebody else. And so he's sending he created this brand new fake text thread like I'm going to put this out on social media if you don't tell me, if you don't respond. <laughs> what are we doing? And so, like, my boy's like, should I say anything? I said, no, man, because he don't know who it is. He's trying to see if it's me or if it's truly somebody else. Yeah. And I said, no, man, just leave it there. And so uh, my boy just went back and forth with him, but he was doing the opposite. Every time this person sent something, he would go, who is this again? Oh I don't know. God. I'm unfamiliar. He was doing exactly what he was doing, what this person was doing earlier in the day. And so um, this went on, man, for like 45 minutes. This person was sending text messages trying to figure out who it was from this secondary phone. And so, um, you know, so make a long story short, it finally ended. And I went to bed. There's been no further contact. But that was wild, man, in the sense of, you know, I've been doing this business for a couple years now uh, in July. Yeah. Maybe two years in July. And I've had a couple of people pay late, you know, like a week or two late for whatever reason. I've never had anybody. Well, I take it back. I did have one person get over on me and I set up some new parameters. And the only reason this person didn't follow those parameters was because, like I said, I've known him for a long time. We've had a good relationship. Well, I love you, Matt. If you take an order from me, you'll be paying up front. <laughs> because, again, we take all major credit cards. We take all, you know, cash apps, Venmo, Zelle, cash app, whatever yeah, we take them. Yeah. Um, so 
Um, but that's that's the way I have to do it now, and, and I understand it because I'm running a business. And I, you know, I keep trying to. I tell people that every time they they ask me about it, like, no, nah, you know, this is like a business. It's not like what you term a side hustle. It's like this is what I do, <laughs> and um, you know, I do it to the best of my ability, and I take care to do everybody's job the same. If I if you're a client. I give you the same effort that I give ESPN if I write something for them or if I give the morning news or, you know, whoever I'm writing for, I give the exact same effort, even though it's a personal client. And for somebody to just try to take a $1,200 job and not pay is ridiculous. And then at one point during the conversations like last week, well, I thought I was going to, you know, then when you don't want to pay, you start coming up with excuses for why you're not happy, even though up until that moment you've been happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, I thought it was going to be more than a little story. I go, what are you talking about a little story? I said, I spent parts of three days on that. And the going rate in the publishing world is a dollar word. That's the going rate. I just got paid a dollar word for somebody for a $4,000 for a 4,000 word story. So the fact that I, I charged you twelve hundred and you agreed to it—that was the going. That was a bargain, bro. You know, and I did that because we have a relationship. <laughs> you used to anyway. <laughs> yeah, we used to. God. Now I went scorched earth on him, man. This and, is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, are, so is it safe to assume that this is a former player that has the means where he could have? I would oh, imagine yeah. like twelve hundred is not like this. Isn't some homeless guy who's trying to get back on his feet? No, I've been to his home within the last year, and because uh, we did another project, um, and he did, and in his home is a gated community, about three, four thousand, probably about four thousand square feet, in a definitely in a million dollar neighborhood. God, and and I know for a fact, like this ain't some destitute player. This is a player. Now, I mean, I don't know how I many. I don't know what his net worth. Right. Yeah. But, but again, but he did not, fairly well. Yeah, and he's not trying to figure out, you know, uh, is it beans and rice or ramen noodles this week? Well, you know, what do you think, babe? So, no, nah, he's doing fine. God's amazing. Because, why why because do you think of, it is? Oh, I, these are my theories, man. Because uh, I was talking to my boy about this. Number one, uh, as an athlete, you just used to getting stuff for free. Or you used to people, you used to, this is clearly, this is not the first time he's done this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one, you're you're an athlete and and you've been one, so you're just used to getting stuff for free. Um, two, you know, it's all about power and control. You know, uh, if you're not gonna make me pay, then I just won't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, God. which is which is odd to me because think about it. I went two months being very like, hey, I understand, it's okay, it's good. You know, uh, if you get a chance, will you pay me? Da 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 da. And I go two hours acting a fool, and I get my money. You know I, mean, what I mean, yeah, yeah. And so I was already hot, but then when he started with the whole "Who is this? I can't hear you." What is, I was like, "Oh, so you really are just effing with me now?" Yeah, right. I mean, because who does that? I mean, what do we do? Uh, who's I can't hear you? Yeah. yeah, you can. And which is funny, what you said. You know, it'll be on the internet in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I I had spent the morning copying my receipts off of um, off our text messages. Yeah, and I was gonna put them out there because a person like this, they also are creating this fake 
thing about who they are as a person. And so the last thing they want is to be exposed as kind of a charlatan, a fake. Yeah, a man. And so that to me would have been enough to uh, to to embarrass them and ultimately get the payday that I wanted. Now, you know, it's also, you know, because, again, it's my business with my name on it. I was trying not to go public like that because other people might look at you like, wow, I don't want to do any business with him. Is this how he does people? Yeah. Uh, so it was a it was a tricky decision, but ultimately um, it got done, and I got paid, and uh, uh, you know it worked out. But uh, it was a hell of an experience. God, man, what a story that is! I mean, it's almost yeah. like it, it just God the back and forth, and that a, a grown ass adult man who has the money. I mean, who, who has, has the money, money? That's the key. And I would think, I mean, honestly, like twelve hundred dollars is is not chump change. But to somebody living that lifestyle who played in the NFL at some point in their lives, I mean, yeah. you would think $1,200, you could be like, hey, man, I got you. It's 1200 bucks. That's cool. Right. Otherwise, I mean, he would have never agreed to it. Like, holy crap. I mean, that's un- that, it's amazing what somebody would do. That, to me, would be like the equivalent of me like agreeing to do something for 20 bucks, and I refuse to give the guy 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, what for are real. you doing? For real, bro. Just like, oh, I'm on the radio. I thought it was cool. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but you said you'd give me 20 bucks. I know, man, but come, I mean, you know, hey, I got in this my, going. I mean, what are we doing? In my own life, I viewed it as, because occasionally I don't do it. There was a time I did it often. Now I only do it rarely when, it, when my car hasn't been washed in a long time. Uh, I know a guy who does mobile washings, and he does a fantastic job, but yeah. it's 50 bucks. And so back when my money was really flowing, eh, it's like 50 bucks. Okay, I'll do that. Now it's flowing, but it ain't flowing like that. So I'm a lot more judicious with it. But it would be like him doing my car and then me saying, hey, uh, I don't have the cash I made today. I'll bring it back to later on today or tomorrow. Yeah. And then, then every time he called me, I'd just be like, nah, Flint, I, uh, I, I got you, man. I haven't forgotten about you, Flint. Uh, I'll be by tomorrow. I'll be by this weekend. And then he called me back, hey, hey, Jacques, I'm just checking, man. You coming by? Oh, dog, I'm sorry, man. I got caught up with Matt. We had a couple beers. Uh, you know, uh, let me see if I can get by next week. Yeah, man. And then I just keep doing it like he ain't got bills. To, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the more outrageous stories I've heard in a long-ass time. Dude, wait till you hear who it is. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to find out. Your secrets are safe with me. Okay unbelievable man i mean this is the whole thing is just freaking unbelievable so before we continue and got a couple other little things for you let's throw out a couple more of our fantastic sponsors as always man we love the guys at smoky john's barbecue it does not get any better than smoky john's barbecue and i'm talking about from a food standpoint and from a people standpoint they are just salt of the earth really good human beings that love people, that love what they do. And I feel like you can almost taste that in the food they produce because the food, their barbecue, the jam session bowl, everything that is involved with Smokey John's barbecue is just a fantastic experience. Dude, Smokey John's is the best, man. And what I like about them is they're good food and good people. And you find that a lot, but you don't always find it, man. Everything on the menu, delicious, whether it's something you know on the menu or something that's on the secret menu. Uh, it's soul food, it's home style cooking. It's, it's, dude, you know, my dad and his wife were in last week. I swung through and picked them up something before they went out of town just because it's Smokey John's. That's the way I do it. I want to get a taste of uh, Dallas soul food every time they're here and your boy can't cook. 
<laughs> That's fair enough, man. Smokey Johns will do it for you. Right there off Mockingbird in Dallas, just north of downtown. It, 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 go get the Jam Session Bowl, man. If you guys have not had an opportunity to experience the Jam Session Bowl, take a friend, both of you pitch in, and get it. Because it'll feed you both. I mean, it is a sizable portion. That Jam Session Bowl, they're not kidding around with that. It is delicious. And if you don't live in the DFW area and you still want to try a little bit of that Texas barbecue, they've got their sauce and their rub online. You can go to Smokey's Market. You go to SmokeyJohns.com. Go to Smokey's Market, and then you can order it off the Internet. They'll ship it to you wherever you live. So a way for you to have some Smokey John's barbecue at home. Also, of course, Aaron and his guys at HFX Foundation Solutions, you get rain and then it dries out and then the Texas soil gets wonky and you start noticing cracks and then all of a sudden it'll start a deluge of a downpour out of the blue again and you're like wait a second I swear our property doesn't drain right not only does HFX keep in mind it's foundation solutions sometimes that's gutter installations sometimes that's the drainage of your property they handle all that stuff and they'll come out for a free no obligation inspection they check your foundation. Maybe you've noticed some cracks and whatnot, but they can also come out for that free no, no obligation inspection and, and give you some pointers and whatnot on drainage and gutter installation. That may be something you're not even thinking about that you need to go ahead and get taken care of to help your foundation in the future. And that, my friends, is why you should give Aaron and his crew over there at HFX a call and let them give you the peace of mind that comes from having them give your house the once over. Now, we just don't call it the colonoscopy for your house for poops and giggles. That's the only way I can figure out how yeah, to say I, it. I see what you did there with the colonoscopy. <laughs> yep. We do it because it's really important. Matt just gave you a bunch of reasons why the soil here is shady. Aaron, make sure your house is cool, man. And so give them a call. Let them give your house a once over and get the peace of mind that comes from having them look at it. It's easy to do. Again, a free no obligation inspection. 817-770-0174. 0174 online if you want to check them out you can do that too it's hfxfoundation.com hfx foundation solutions so i had a couple other little things here okay hold up one second matt one second we one have to second. go back for one for one second okay do i do i owe you a 20 dollars gift certificate or are you good no no no. i'm good i'm definitely good <laughs> <laughs> see I'm i told you, you. i told you no, the story that Jacques sent me, and then he, he, he told me who it was and sent the text. And I mean, it is, as I was telling you, it's, like a, it's almost like an episode of Better Call Saul or, or some TV show <laughs> that people would actually get. It, it's almost like you could do an hour documentary on that. <laughs> well, some, I send Matt some text sometimes just to let him know. I'm not really exaggerating some of these No, he's, it's not an I exaggeration have. at all. I mean, this legit happened. <laughs> With a very for, a very prominent former NFL player that, it, again, if we said the name, as you said, everybody would immediately know who it is. Yeah, dude. Unbelievable, <laughs> it's man. Uh, crazy. It's Golly. Crazy, so you had that. Yes, so the yes, other yes. thing was, and this happened earlier today, the passing of an actor that all of us know, and that is Ray Liotta, who died on Thursday, May 26th, at the age of 67 years old, way too, like when I saw that, I was like, wow, he would have turned 68 later this year. Ray Liotta, who obviously probably the two most prominent roles that everybody knows him from. He played Henry Hill in Goodfellas, which absolutely just exploded his career. And he played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. He's a bad man, dog. Henry he Hill. 
he did the damn thing in Henry Hill, man. Man, he nailed uh, it. One of the great roles of all time. <laughs> yeah, the desperation. Yeah. The, uh, what is it? The evolution of a character from a guy who's kind of naive. Yep. To a guy who's, you know, on drugs and up 24 hours a night trying to, you know, just trying to survive in a mob where you're not big enough to really be a big deal, but you're too big to be a small deal. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a mob middleman, which is like the worst possible place you could be. Uh, but he did it, man. He's a great actor. And I don't say that about a lot of people, but uh, he was a great actor. He was, and, and he was in a lot of those, <laughs> you know, mob-type movies. He, he Obviously, he was in the, the, the Sopranos prequel that came out a year ago, The Many Saints of Newark. He was in that. He did so many variety of different things. I mean, he did a bunch of television shows. I mean, he was on... He did a television series called Shades of Blue, a network television show that he was like the lead role of that for 36 episodes. So there was that. He was in an, a thing called, the, he narrated a, a, another one called The Making of the Mob that he did a bunch of those from. Some of the other movies that he was in, and I don't know how many people would remember these, but he was in a movie called Turbulence. He was in a movie, and that was a, a pretty good like airplane thriller. He was in a movie called Copland. He was really good in Copland. I think that was a slice to Yeah, remember he played... Uh, Fred Young, he played the character, that character in that movie Blow with Johnny Depp. He was in John Q. He was in Narc. Um, he was in, I don't know how many people remember this, but the the Silence of the Lambs sequel, Hannibal. He was in Hannibal, and the one scene I remember from him was he was the dude that Hannibal Lecter had taken the top of his head off and was eating his brain, and he was still alive. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he was one of those guys. I mean, everybody knows Ray Liotta. I think we're all very, very familiar with who that was. He had been in so many different movies, some of them very, very good, some not as much. But he must have played that mob type guy in 10 different movies. Well, you know, I think some of it is, you know, who's that Liam Neeson where we say he's always playing the same characters yeah. in different movies? Well, I think that was Ray Liotta. He found something he was good at. <clears throat> something he could really embody, something he could really pull something from that made him convincing and made him good in that role. And other directors and producers saw it and were like, hey, you know he knows how to pull it off. Let's give it to him. Yeah, no doubt, man. He, by the time all of his movies, because some of them he was in the midst of filming, some of them was, were in post-production, he has 126 credits as wow. an actor on IMDb. Wow. 126 that's... movies for Ray Liotta. Whoo. 67. That's just, that's crazy young to me. Now, see, I was going to say, bro, that seems incredibly young to me. Uh, that's only 12 years from now. 67 seemed like you're still in the middle of your prime to me. Yeah. Uh, I guess he died in his sleep. Um, that's what they say that he was filming a movie, I think in the Dominican Republic and he just yeah. never woke up. Dude, you know, that's, whew, that's a good way to go. If you got to go. Yeah. But still that's terrible. It is terrible. And, and a, a loss from a guy who was just the role that he was good at. I don't know that anybody else played it better than he did. Nah, man. Nailed it outstanding so the other thing and i thought this was really interesting because you sent this to me and this was making its rounds on social media because james harden and he apparently likes to party 
James Harden went to a place called EDC in Las Vegas, and for whatever reason, I guess the waitress or whoever, Dominique it looks like it was, a couple of days ago, posted a copy of his receipt, and it has gone viral. James Harden, in one night at this club in Vegas, spent $167,764.50. The tip, the tip on that was $24,000. Wow. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, like, you sent it, and you did the math on this. I mean, you think about it. You're like, okay, well, how in the world, like, you're out of your, are you crazy? Why are you spending so much money? How many people could you help with that? Yes. because Instead you got to realize drinking it away as you that was point almost out, all liquor. Yeah. But as you point out, he, so we're talking about a dude that makes $40 million a year. That means he makes $109,000 a day. So right. to him, that was basically a day's work. He went out and, and dropped $167,000 roughly. Right. And so I think I did it off a hundred thousand. Yeah. Which is like $275 a day or something like that. So that would be like you or me or somebody going out for a good time and spending 320 bucks. But dude, you look at this so and, and it's just the amount of alcohol is insane. Classe Azul Respado, 26 bottles at $2000 a piece. He had <laughs> he had two bottles of Ace of Spades Rosé at $3200 bottles each. Two magnums of Ace of Spades rose at seven thousand or seven thousand five hundred dollars a magnum. He had ten bottles of Ace of Spades Brut Champagne at two thousand three hundred dollars a bottle, and then he he had something called All or Welcome, which was eleven thousand dollars. I have no idea what that is. Now you putting that on your debit card? You putting that on your American Express Black card? Your Mastercard Black card? I mean, what are you putting that on, man? Well, if I'm him, just pulling out a wad of cash. No, if I'm him, I'm putting it on whatever <laughs> like my unlimited credit card is, so I can get all the points. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because that way, well, I don't know what do you do? Because if you have that kind of money, because I'm thinking, points for what? What does he need points for? He's not flying normal airlines. Now you probably collect points and still and giving them. When your sister says, hey, can uh, can you fly me over here? You go, all right, I got some points over here. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, I got you. She's like, well, what yeah. about the uh, the private jet? What are you talking about? I got you first class on American. Yeah, exactly. Is that exactly. not good enough for you? <laughs> Maybe that's the conversation that you end up having. I don't know, man. I, I mean, that's, you know. Well, I just think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to me because your initial thought is really – I mean, it's your money, man. I'm not. I'm out your pockets, but damn, you you know, you're just drinking it away. Yeah. Will you wish you had that hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars at some point, or just think of the lives you could change and affect? And maybe he has, if you just took that hundred sixty-seven and put it to use in some in some more constructive ways. But then again, you know, it's your money, man. You can do whatever you want to with it. And the reality of it is, I mean, it's like people who talk about michael jordan's gambling like it's such a small fraction of how much you make yeah that most of us can't conceive that you make enough to buy a ferrari every day yeah and you get a lot of that where it becomes one of those things some players like a guy like jordan and some of these other players they almost use their their salary from playing the game for play around money because they make so much money in endorsements that their salary can't even touch what they make in endorsements that or or it's the opposite or vice versa yeah, yeah maybe james 
puts all his NBA money away and in a bank or whatever, and this is his shoe contract money. And, you know, that before his deal ran up, because whenever he got his last shoe deal, he was one of the best players in the NBA. And so he got a deal that was worthy of, uh, you know, being one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, he is one of those guys. I mean, you talk about it. He turns 33 in August. He began his NBA. I mean, we all forget about that team that Oklahoma City had when it was Durant and Harden and Westbrook all together at one point. You know, he's been in the NBA since 2009. That was his rookie year. Right, and he's right. only ever played in that one NBA Finals that was all the way back. I think, wasn't, yeah, that was the year after the Mavs beat the Thunder. Then the very next year, remember that? The Mavs beat the Thunder. They turn around and the very next year, on after 2011 and 2012, they get swept by the Thunder. And then Oklahoma City ends up making a run to the NBA Finals and they lose to Miami. And that's the only time Harden's ever played in an NBA Finals, just that one time. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of wild, man. I don't know where I put him. You know, he's obviously one of the great players in the game. He's been one of the great players in the game. But historically, I don't know where Harden fits, honestly. I mean, you know, he's somewhere. But he's, um, you know, he's a great scorer and not much else. And his teams, I mean, he's a great scorer now. And his teams didn't, didn't win big in the playoffs. And, you know, the other thing is that um, – What's the word I want to say about Harden? Once they changed the rules and that rip move he used to get to the free throw yeah. line, you know, 18 times a game, once they took that away and made it illegal, his numbers uh, dropped dramatically. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know, I, I was just looking at this, man. He's a career 25, 25 points. I'll give him seven assists and six rebounds a game. 36% career three-point shooter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, like, James Harden, he's, he's one of those interesting, you know, all-time great kind of curiosities, I think, because he's there's something to him, right? I mean, he's he's something, but I don't know exactly where I'd put him all-time. No, nah, he's a um, – I mean, he's a – well, see, that's interesting, all-time. I mean, he's won an MVP. Remember, a few years ago he won an MVP, 10-time All-Star, 6-time All-NBA first team. I don't know. Interesting. Three-time NBA scoring well, champion. You know, is this what I like to say? Once you once you put all the great players together, now it's about splitting hairs amongst great players. Yeah, that yeah. And so he's at the bottom of the list to me amongst great players. And so I'll tell you, he has been a great player. But amongst great players, he's at the bottom of the list of great players. I would think that's fair. Thinking about it, yes. I that because again, championships, rings, playoff success, played in a bunch of conference finals, but only having ever played in one NBA finals. And it's almost like the teams that you're on, as good as you are, you're never able to do anything to raise the level and, and get them over the hump with anybody. Right. I would agree with that. Which, by the way, I meant to mention this in our last podcast. I'm sure by now everybody's familiar with this, but Luka Doncic was named to all NBA first team again. That is now three times that he has been named to the all NBA first team. And he's only been in the league four years, <laughs> which is. Well, he's going to be first team all NBA for about the next. How old is he? 23. Yeah. I'd say the next six, seven years. So he's going to be all NBA first. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to be first team all NBA. 10 of his nine or 10 of his first 10 of, of 11 years in the league. Yeah, man. And, and it's, 
you know, you start getting up there and, and it's, there are guys, I saw a list, I was trying to find it again real quick, of names of guys who played in the league for years and years and years that were some of the great players when they played that never had All-NBA three times. First team, first team All-NBA. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's hard to do, bro. I mean. That's the five top five player in the league. It is, man. That's that's where you are. I mean, holy crap, man, where you just start thinking about it and you're like, my God, all NBA and you've done it again and you are on the first team for what is that? Yeah, the third consecutive year because his first year, I don't believe he was first team. Did he even make the all NBA team his first year? I don't think he did. And then the last three years, he's been all NBA first team three consecutive times. As a matter of fact, I was going to look at this here and see. All right, so he's got All-NBA first team three times now. That means, like, Chris Paul's only been four times. Dirk was four times. Charles Barkley was five times. Kevin Durant's been six times. So you start looking at it like that, and you're like, all of a sudden, I mean, this dude is... And we already knew that. We knew he was in rarefied air, but holy hell, man. (laughs) Hey, I tell people when they ask, enjoy the ride. You know, like, I'm serious. Like, he's one of the best players. He's going to easily be top 15, top 20 player before he retires. Yeah. Uh, easily, I mean, and you know, given his youth and all that, could easily be a top 10 player. Um, he's more dynamic than Dirk. I didn't say he was better than Dirk. I just say he's yeah. more dynamic because his job will be Dirk figured out a way to get a team that didn't look like it should win a championship, a championship. Yeah, and, and it, so Lucas, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it, it almost feels like that's what Luca's going to be tasked with here in Dallas is the same thing that Dirk had to do. Oh, absolutely. You got to figure out how to get it done. And you look at this playoff run and you can see, oh, he'll understand how to get it done. He's got to get his teammates have to be better. Um, but he's capable of getting it done. Yes, he is. So hopefully he will. So the other thing that I was going to throw out here for you, because I was just curious, the Cowboys, do OTAs do anything for you at all? Nah, but, you know, I'm old. I've been around (laughs) for a long time. Uh, We call them the Underwear Olympics. I was sitting with a – I was sitting last week with a uh, member of the Cowboys front office chit-chatting, and that person – because I I was talking to four four – members of the front office at various times and one of them got a call from Stephen Jones and he looked at me and he said I'm sure he wants to know how practice went where's the underwear Olympics how else could practice go if you can't look good out here now we probably need to send you a ticket home yeah and then he said hello (laughs) 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 so uh, the underwear Olympics to me is more about just observing a few things and I'll tell you, this is just your boy's only only concern. It's it's May, so concern might even be too strong a word. But I'm going to hammer this point all bleeping year, Matt. And it's just me, and people can say I'm stupid or dumb or whatever. It has no effect on me because, frankly, I've been called worse by better people. Yes. Um, your first round pick is the second string left guard. We know what they think about Connor McGovern. So this is just me. I'm not trying, and I'm not going crazy in May, but I'm not trying to hear no shit at any point this season 
This is just me, Matt. About why this dude can't start a left guard. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything, Matt, about, well, he's young, then you shouldn't have fucking drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> because you need guys who can help now, not two years from now, three years. You need guys who can plug and play, especially a first-round pick. And so while, you know, I think Clarence wrote something today, Clarence E. Hill Jr., the Fort Worth Star Telegram, about how Tristan Hill beat him on a spin move. Okay, that's fine. It's, it's practice. Um, hey, at least he didn't power, hold him. You know what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but his power, you can see evidence of his power during practice and stuff like that. Let me tell y'all something. That's all well and good. I got no problem with any of that. You get beaten practice, that's what the hell practice is for. This is all I'm saying. His ass had better be starting against Tampa Bay in the first game of the year. Otherwise, it's a wasted draft pick to me. Just me now, because you needed guys who could come in and help you play right, right now. And we all know they don't think Conor McGovern can play. Yeah, that's very true. The, the one thing, and we've kind of talked about this before, and this is one of the reasons why I think they made the pick they made, Tyron Smith didn't play. He sat out a couple of times at one of the OTA sessions. I think it was Wednesday. He hadn't been participating due to lower back tightness. Yeah, you hate to be tight and you ain't done nothing yet. Yeah, and that's the thing with Tyron Smith is you just wonder. He came into the league so young. He's had so much wear on his body. At what point is he just not going to physically be able? And it almost feels like each year, the last two, three seasons, you're starting to see a little bit more of that. Hopefully he can he can hang around because they sure as hell I mean if something were to happen to him that I mean he's the line him and Zach Martin. Yeah, but I mean you have I mean I get what they did because you got to prepare for his uh, removal because I mean bro it's we're headed that we're headed that way now he's at that age and with all his years that he's been in, um, so I get that uh, you know, so whether you use him at left tackle, whether you use him at left guard, it's all good, baby. All I know is he needs to be starting. He should be good enough to start and beat out Connor McGovern when the season starts. Now, yeah, if you want to make him earn it in OTAs, that's fine too. Got no problem with that. Yeah. If you want to make him earn it in training camp, got no problem with that. All I know is he better have earned that thing by the time season started against Tampa Bay in September. Yep, I would be right there with you, man. You better be out there. Otherwise, cut him and move on. Well, I mean, we ain't got to be that. that I stupid, mean, you, if you want to waste a pick, waste it well. <laughs> Just saying. The other thing I thought, and, and I think there's so many examples that speak to Dak's leadership, but now that the Cowboys have lost some guys, there's no Amari Cooper, they shuffled the lockers around, and from what I read, Dak wanted C.D. Lamb to have the locker next to him, so now Dak and C.D. are next to each other. And Dak saying, you know, bring him closer, more conversations. He's right there to talk and communicate. So just the little things like that sometimes about Dak that it's probably obvious, but the fact that he knows to do that and, and hey, let's get that guy right next to me now that everybody else is out of here, I, I think is, it kind of speaks to the leader and the type of person, the type of quarterback Dak is. No, I mean, I think there's never been any question about his leadership. He's been – you know, day one outstanding leader. This is another just good example of that. And what it means is it means that if, when a guy's right next to you, you just have casual conversation. Maybe they're about football, maybe they're not. Uh, but the casual conversation is what leads to the bond, which is what ultimately leads to the good relationship. 
and that you hope uh, culminates in touchdown passes and celebrations. Yeah, and I had also read some things that it seemed that they, they've said this, it feels like every year, they've got to figure out what Tony Pollard's going to be. He's, an, he's, an un, he's a free agent, a complete unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I think, and at least in OTAs, and again, as you mentioned, it's the Underwear Olympics, who knows, but from what I had read and a couple of people putting this out that were at the practices, they were seeing Pollard on the field more with Zeke and, and finding way to utilize those guys, you know, putting Pollard in the slot, doing some creative things. I wouldn't be surprised if you do see them trying to use Tony Pollard. And I, I think all of us are on board with that. We'd like to see them get those guys on the field more often together. How complicated is it, bro, to um, get the ball in the hands of your best players? I mean, how, how wild a concept is that? Like, oh, this guy seems to be a big play waiting to happen. Maybe I should get him to rock. Yeah, you would I mean, think come so. come on, man. We like Kellen Moore, but, dude, that's your freaking job, bro. Yeah. I mean, to figure out how to do that and do it well. Um, it, you know, and, again, we all point to the San Francisco game in the playoffs. There's no way CD should catch a pass in the fourth quarter. And there's no reason, no way uh, Tony Pollard should have four touches. I mean, he's clearly one of your most explosive players. You got to figure out a way to get him the ball. And check this out, man. Uh, part of being a head coach, part of being a coordinator, part of being a leader is giving people the straight, the uh, the straight truth, man. No chaser, no rocks, one and a half ounce shot. Yep. Throw it back, and whatever that means. If Zeke, we love you. Look at the numbers. Tony's more explosive. He's going to get the rock this year. He's going to play a bigger role. Uh, we hope you're down with that and you can get it. Yeah, make it happen, man. It's time. We all want to see it, so do it and do it now. All right, so that will wrap up the podcast. And again, a reminder, we will not have another podcast until next Wednesday. I'm going to be out of town all weekend long enjoying Memorial Day weekend. We're going to be in the Hot Springs area in Arkansas spending some time with my lady friend's family doing a going to canoe down a river, Jacques. You ever been in a canoe? Nah, bro. <laughs> You don't sound excited about that. I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, I can swim, but, you know, bro, if you look at my chart, my birth chart, it says, and I'm not talking about, when I say look at my birth chart, I'm like, you got to go three layers deep on mine because I go deep within yeah. it. I just don't stay at my Capricorn and my moon and my riser and all that. I go a little deeper. Man, I got about three things that says stay away from water. And, you know, I almost drowned and died once. And so, well, that's how I tell the story anyway, um, in 2017. And so I have a healthy respect for the water. Okay. I enjoy it, but I just have a healthy respect. I don't know if I'd be canoeing. All right, yes. Maybe I, maybe I would. Hmm. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. But I'd think about it. See, I, I, I really enjoy it. And, and to be fair, like most of the, the river, and I don't know if I've been on the one we're going down this time, but usually the river's at a point where you could just get out of the canoe and stand up if you needed to. Oh, Now, you okay, might be up then. to your shoulders in some spots. And to be fair, there are spots of the river that you would go under. But, you know, a lot of the river is not super deep. And it, it's, it's odd. I mean, Arkansas is gorgeous, man. There's a reason why it's called the natural state. And you're on this river and it's peaceful and you're surrounded by these beautiful trees and, and overlooking cliffs. And I mean, it's just, it's really, it can be a really just fun experience. And I enjoy it because you're doing something active. You're outdoors. You sweat a little. You jump in the water. It, it's it's fun. Okay, now nah, that sounds cool. I'm, uh, I hope you bring back some video. 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, and, and I don't know. It's kind of wet, though, so maybe it doesn't work. Right. Yeah, we'll find out. Because my son's going to be with me. A, so. What you should do is go get a GoPro. And just put it on my head? Yeah. And, uh, you know, ride maybe with I it like that. Yeah, I can't ride wait because, like you know, we're going. I mean, when I say we're canoeing down the river, I mean, this is like a six-hour canoe trip. It's like 10 miles of oh, canoe. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so is I this, enjoy Is this that. just you guys? Or yeah. you got like a guide or something? No, no, no. It's just us. I mean, it, it's it's not like rapids. You're in a canoe. I mean, it, it's a it's gentle for the most part. Okay. You know, there's a current, obviously, and, and you just paddle right. and you pay attention, and it's just, it can be fun. All right. Well, I'll write after Yoji just in case. <laughs> uh, he was uh, a funny guy with a great beard and a sense of humor and a voice that would stir the echoes deep within the souls of any man, woman, or child. That's right. And now he has <laughs> perished. Captured by the rolling rapids of the Buffalo River. I don't know, but we'll see because my son was excited to go canoeing. And then I said, we're going to be out there all day, man. And he was like, well, how long is all day? I was like, you know, like six hours. And he just was like, all of a sudden, I already know what's going to happen. We're going to get 30 minutes into it. And he's like, how much longer? Till it's done. And then probably what will happen is I'll act like I'm going to paddle and accidentally knock him out and then just throw him in a bag and drag him behind the canoe for a while. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> people. Down. God, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to have a life vest on. I'll be like, Maddox, just, you know, float behind the canoe. I'll pull you. Right, right, right. It'll right. be a good workout, man. You know, I mean, it's good. Good. Uh, when are we doing Sunday? It'll be a good Sunday workout canoeing down the river yeah. for a few hours. Mm, that works. Yeah, so no recording this weekend. We will have our next podcast on, what is that, Wednesday, June 2nd, I believe. So be looking forward to that. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.